Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 45, my two-year reflection. This episode is going to be a little different in many ways. So I just want to start off by saying if this is the first podcast episode that you've listened to from Educators to Educators, you might want to skip this one and go back to one of our previous episodes. We just had a really great one about building healthy boundaries and some great back to school episodes. So I suggest going and taking a listen to those. You're welcome to listen to this one too, but today's podcast episode is going to be a reflection of the last two years here at Educators to Educators. And we have a really special guest today. My husband, Brian, will be joining me to do a little reflecting on the last two years at E2E. Now, I have a favor to ask in honor of the two-year anniversary. I am recording this episode in honor of all of you that have been my faithful listeners really from the beginning. I don't want to name any names, but you all know who you are, the ones that I private message with on Instagram and always are my cheerleaders and have my back, and that I really feel genuinely you like this podcast and get a lot from it. So I'm dedicating this episode to all of you because this episode might not be everyone's cup of tea. I'm going to take a little bit of a more relaxed approach to recording. Brian's going to come on and we're just going to talk about life and what it's been like building E2E over the last two years. So before we dive in with Brian, a couple of really quick things. One, would you please go leave a review in iTunes for me as a happy birthday gift, a happy birthday to E2E? I would really appreciate those five-star reviews. It helps get the podcast up into that top 200 category, which we have been hitting more and more lately. So if you have the time to leave a nice review, I'll read it on the podcast. Also, don't forget that this next month in September in the membership site, we are focusing on setting healthy boundaries. And there are so many great resources in the September module, which is going to be released next week. Also, there is an incredible freebie from Heather Campbell for student-led conferences to get your students prepared for conferences this fall. So members, make sure you check that out. If you're not a member and you want to join us, it's $10 a month. So you can go to educatorstoeducators.com. There's two options. You can buy a three-month pass for $30, or if you want the whole year right now, we're running special. You save 20 bucks and you get a year membership for $100. Again, head to educatorstoeducators.com. Let's get started with this two-year reflection. All right. Well, Brian Conover, welcome to the E2E podcast. Thank you, Carrie. Everybody, I have to give you, I have to set the scene here. First of all, we've been kind of dragging our feet on recording this podcast because... You know, you just put these things off and it's always hard when you're adding another person to the mix. And so I got all these great questions from all of you, not only about just like teaching, which was those were really exciting to get, but also just about me as an entrepreneur and our life and our family, which I thought was really fun. But I was like, I don't want to answer these by myself. I feel like it might be interesting for the listeners if I actually brought in my better half, my husband, Brian, to help answer these questions. So I thought what we would do is take the questions that you wrote me, and then I'm going to let Brian answer from his perspective, because he watches me 
24 hours a day building E2E and this podcast and everything. Um, so I thought we would let him answer the question and then I would kind of give my perspective. So I hope you all enjoy this. Okay, Brian, before we start, why don't you just say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. <laughs> and Brian, so I really haven't given you many of these questions. I've given you a couple with about five minutes to think about them. So I just want you to give your gut instinct answer. Don't be nervous, okay? You got it. Okay, so we're sitting here in our in our dining room. Our butch, our dog butch, whose fourth birthday is today, is sleeping over in his dog bed. Um, we just had some pizza. It's a Sunday evening. And I looked at Brian and I was like, do you want to open a bottle of wine before we do this? And he said yes. So we're sitting here. Cheers, Brian. Cheers. Happy second birthday to E2E also. Happy birthday, E2E. Happy birthday. Okay, Brian. So do you remember, what can you remember about two years ago when I quit my job and I said, I'm going to start a podcast. Can you remember anything about like the beginning of the podcast? Because you, you were like my most faithful listener. You watched me kind of build it. What do you remember? Well, the podcast I thought was a great idea. And you had a bunch of good ideas, have a nice voice, and you can command a room and can speak and keep people engaged and interested for a long time. And I thought the podcast was a great idea. And I thought that it you know, had potential to be very interesting. So I was certainly very encouraging of you to, to give that a shot and give it a try and see what you could do with it. Yeah, you're always encouraging of me, though. You really are. Do you remember... Do you remember... I don't know if I've actually talked about this on the podcast. Do you remember... No, I've only talked about this on other people's podcasts. But do you remember the day I recorded my first podcast? Can you remember it at all? Wow, no, I don't. Okay, so you well, guys... sort of. Okay. I remember... I think you recorded it on your phone, and I think you maybe did some editing on the computer, but it was pretty rudimentary compared to where you are today. Yeah. As far as sound quality and the editing techniques and, and those and things. And my music and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I actually recorded it on my MacBook Pro with no microphone. I literally used like QuickTime, just recorded, and I took one shot at it and recorded the whole episode. Yeah. And, like, I knew, you know that I've always been, like, obsessed with threes. Even when I was teaching, I used a lot of threes. Yep. So I knew I wanted to focus things around threes, which we're not going to do today. And I... I have, there's more than three questions? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm going to put you through the ringer, and you don't have to do this again for, like, five years, okay? You have to come back on the five-year anniversary of E2E. Okay, deal. Okay, so I recorded it, and I remember I transferred it to my phone, and I went to... Aldi to shop, which like I've, I think I've been to Aldi three times, maybe. <laughs> and I listened to it in my headphones to the podcast as I was like going through Aldi looking at stuff. And I remember saying to myself, okay, I'm going to put myself in a teacher's shoes and I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to think, is there any other teachers out there that would actually want to hear what I have to say? And that's a very vulnerable thing to do, by the way, to listen to yourself. What did you say to me before we just started recording this? That you have to listen to your own voice? Oh, yeah, you got to listen to your own voice. <laughs> and I said, don't, repl don't play it back to me. <laughs> I so don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do to listen to yourself. Um, and you know people are going to point out the things that you do that are annoying. I've been pretty lucky. I haven't really had a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I, I got done through the Aldi checkout. And I was like, I actually think I can do this. And here we are, like, I think this is like episode 48 or something. Wow, 48. I know. 
And, and they're, all, they're all amazing, too. Oh, thanks. I remember when you used to, when it was super exciting when I would first put out a podcast, and you would listen to it on your way to work. Yeah, I still do. And then you'd call me from your desk, and then you would tell me what you liked about yep. the different guests or mm-hmm. things. Do you feel like you've learned anything from the podcast? Like, wait, first of all, before you answer that, sorry to cut you off. I do that a lot to you. You're just, <laughs> after all these years of marriage, you're used to it. Okay, actually, backing up, tell everyone in general, like, what is your job? What do you do for a living? I'm an accountant for a grocery store chain. Used to say we're a startup, but I guess we've been at it for five years, so not really so much of a startup anymore, but uh, we do natural and fresh groceries and vitamins and body care. And in, you're an in accountant, the Midwest. you work in the money side of things, right? In the money side of things, right? Yeah. So we're very, you and I are very different, but I think over the years we've become more similar, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I'd agree. Yeah. So being an accountant at a startup grocery store chain, listening to educators to educators, do you feel like you've learned anything listening to the podcast? Yeah, I would say so. I think the one that you did with uh, Sarita probably about a year ago was, was very good. And educational uh, for me personally. I also like the one that you did probably also about a year ago with um, the guy that coaches Olympic athletes. Oh, Dan. Yeah, I thought his was was very inspiring about how do you how do you prepare for competitions and how do you focus on what you do well and block out what's around you. Oh my gosh, I I've learned a ton from both of those. Sarita's was really interesting as a parent and thinking about, you know, how we react to kids when they're kind of in distress mm-hmm. and how we build resilience with kids. But Dan's, man, his was so interesting because one of my favorite things to do is to bring on guests that are experts in a field other than education and see how I can take my education lens and brain and turn it into something for us to all learn just about kids and life and teaching. Yeah, I think your podcast is interesting to a, a general audience, but... You're right. The, the topics and the interesting guests that are outside of education can, can very easily uh, be translated to what you do in the classroom. I mean, it's, teaching is really about life, right? Like, yes, we're teaching how to add, subtract, and calculus, and reading, and all this stuff. But really, our biggest job is to teach kids about how to make the most out of this life and live a happy life, right? And so that translates, I feel like, to everyone. Yeah, for sure. It should. For sure. Um, so let's get on to some questions, shall we? Let's do it. We're, you, we're three down, or two down, I think. No, I haven't asked you one question from the listeners yet. I'm sorry. These have all been my questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian and I have been married... 14. 14. We just celebrated our 14-year anniversary, and we've been together for 19 years? 18. 18. I'm not going to have math. <laughs> don't be mad at me that I don't know how long we've been together. We've been together a long, long time, and we've seen each other through a lot, right? Yep. Okay. So you've also seen me through building E2E from it being a podcast, from me doing consulting, all the way to these huge E2E conferences and now the E2E membership site. So Victoria A. wrote in this question. <clears throat> so I want you to answer it first, and then I'm going to answer it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. How do you, meaning me, Carrie, how do I balance work and personal life? 
So that's me to answer this question? Yeah, so I want you to think about what you see behind the scenes, because I could make up any answer that sounds good for the audience. I want you to think about how you see me, Carrie Conover, behind the scenes. How do you see me balancing work and personal life? And maybe you think I do a horrible job at yeah. it, and you could just say that too. No, I'd say um, certainly in this relationship, you're the more organized one, and I think... I would say the biggest thing that you do is you, you organize your days into buckets of time and, and you have a nice list of goals and accomplishments that you want to do by day, by week, by month. And you do a nice job of carving, carving out that specific time throughout the day to accomplish those tasks or those goals. So oftentimes you're up early in the morning and you'll spend a couple hours working while everyone else is sleeping. And then you're up and you're getting the kids ready for school. But the night before, you had planned their lunches. The night before, you had planned out dinner and lunch for that day. Uh, so you get the kids ready for school, get their lunches ready, and we get them off. And then um, during the daytime, you know, you're, you're back at work for a couple more hours. Mm -hmm. And then the kids are home from school and you cart them around, get them, get them fed, get them snacks, get them to their sports activities, to band, whatever it is they're doing, their dance. And then you're back at home, and then that's the evening time is, is sort of my power part of the day where I've got my most amount of energy. So, you know, I'll, I'll help out more and, and do more around the house, more with the kids, help them get ready for bed, get them into bed, get them to sleep. And then you usually take another hour or two at that time to, to finish up your work for the day. And, and my guess is you do a lot of your planning at that point in time. So that you're ready for the next day. But I, I guess overall, I'd say just, just planning and being really organized and, and committed to your schedule about you're going to spend an hour doing this task and then you're on to the next one and then you'll come back to another task in the afternoon. That's, I think that structure in your day really helps you. And I know it helps you in general because you, you, when you feel that you have a life of structure, yeah. you're, you're much more successful. Well, because I feel like if I have structure, then I can almost schedule my relaxed time. Right. And like my brain can release thinking about those things and mm -hmm. then relax. Like after we're done here, we're going to go watch a movie with our kids and I'm going to be able to hopefully relax and not look at my phone. And um, unless I really hate the movie we're watching, <laughs> then I might watch, look at my phone. Right. But I'd say that, I mean, it's, it's a very non-traditional work schedule. So in, in some ways it probably causes a little bit of stress for you because you're, you're basically working at any point during the day. Yeah. So you don't have the traditional nine to five um, schedule that a lot of people have, um, which I used to have. Right? I mean, I, to, right? I worked in a school when our mm -hmm. kids were young. I was a teacher, right. and then I traveled for that startup, and then I worked at a big company. So I did have that, and so it's interesting now that I have my own company. It's like every dollar I make is I have to earn it. I do every job in the company right now. I mean, besides the people I hire to help. So I think. It is interesting, and I don't think everybody could do it. I'm really bad at giving myself credit, as you know. For sure. Um, right, because it is difficult, and it certainly causes some stresses. And there's certainly days where, where where you do feel the stress and the anxiety because you are working. You're really working throughout the day. Yeah. Even though you're not working consistently throughout the day, and I think that does cause some stress sometimes, and that. That makes it that makes it difficult, and certainly not for everybody. But it works for us, yeah. Um, because you're there with the kids at this formative time of their life, which yeah. which you know as being a That's what I former fifth grade teacher. That you know, as our kids are going up through elementary and into middle school, um, having your involvement, I think, is very important for their development. 
Yeah, I mean, I worked since they were babies. Mm-hmm. And I said it back then. I didn't know I'd be down this path. But I was like, I want to work when they're young. I actually think they need me around more when they're in middle school and high school. Like, they need me, even though I'm sure Jacob going into middle school, there's going to be times that he comes home and he's not going to want to talk to me. But, like, I can pick him up when it's pouring down rain and he could get in the car and he can come home. And the days that he does need to talk to me or talk through something, I'm available. Right. When he's struggling with the homework or a classmate situation or girls at some point (laughs) when that happens, you know, uh, you'll be there rather than a babysitter or a nanny or yeah. a daycare provider, something like that. I think the other thing to answer this question, the first thing mm-hmm. that came to my mind is that I feel like, yes, I'm organized. I'm not as organized as some people, but I've gotten really sure. good at letting go of certain things. Like I know that our kids' bedrooms aren't going to be perfect. And if I hound them all the time about it, we're all going to be miserable. But the thing I feel like I have gotten so good at with age is knowing how to ask for help. And learning how to communicate when I'm feeling in over my head or feeling frustrated. Just reaching out to friends. I mean, like, hey, can you get Jacob from school? Can you get Jacob and Emily from school? Or to our parents, my parents, or your mom. Or calling you at work and just saying, hey, I'm feeling super anxious about X, Y, and Z. Can you help me talk through it? Um, That's great because very rarely anymore am I expected to read your mind, which is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I learned early on with men, it's usually very black and white, and you just got to tell you what you need. Are you going to turn on a light? More light? Oh, he needs more wine, you guys. <laughs> Can you turn a light on, too? It's a little dark in here. Yeah, I realize, especially, I think, with you and your, the way your brain works, and we're so different. I just need to tell you. Rarely ever is there an instance where I tell you, I need help on this, that you don't help me, but I've got to tell you that. And I'm, I think I ask for people's advice and help when I need it. And I usually get it because I feel like I'm a strong relationship builder and I do those things back. So I would say balance with work and personal life comes back to always thinking ahead, blocking out time, and then asking for help when I need it. Okay. The same person also asked this question. Where has your greatest improvement been in the last two years? Improvement. Now, I didn't know if this was about the podcast or E2E in general. I was thinking of it more as E2E in general, but you think about it any way you wish, honey. Well, I would say in general, you've gotten tremendously better at, at, at setting your focus or setting your priorities because you're a very creative person and you have lots and lots of ideas and you come up with those ideas constantly. And it, in, the, in the early days, it was easy for you to start on something, and then a week later you have another great idea, which both ideas were fabulous, but then your, your time and energy would get sucked up on this new idea, and then a couple weeks later you'd get sucked up on a third idea. Yep. And so you were constantly in this cycle of jumping from idea to idea. And early on, I think you learned to, to really kind of bucket those ideas and then carve out some time where you could evaluate the ideas, how they fit in with your overall strategy, and then pick two or three of them and make that your core. And that's where you spent your time. And you've gotten much, much better at that. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that I am super creative. 
and I feel like I have a lot of talents and a lot of the ideas I could come up with. And if I just, okay, so, oh my gosh, yesterday you came home from the gym and I had been cooking, which is when I cook, my brain goes wild. And I was saying to you when you got home, like, okay, I just want to, I'm just going to tell you these two ideas that I have that I think would be really good. So one of them is a children's podcast that I would do that would just be a three to five minute podcast that teachers could use in their classroom. I'm not going to say anything else more about it. I could do that and do it well and be successful at it. I have no doubt in my mind, but I can't do that right now because right now I'm writing this huge title well at Wave of Building Our Membership Site, and it's going so well in these huge conferences that if I go down that path of doing that podcast, I will derail myself. So I told you all about it. I let myself spend 30 minutes brainstorming and writing down all my day ideas in my little idea notebook, and then I'm going to close that, and I might come back to it later, but there's something about just getting my ideas down now and get, give, allowing myself to like go down the journey just a little bit and then back up, but that's not for right now. I also think a big improvement I'm making right now, at the beginning of E2E, I was saying yes to every consulting opportunity that came to me so that I could pay for these huge conferences and that I could do the things I wanted to do with E2E. Hmm. Uh, and I think the big improvement for me now is I've said yes to a couple of jobs that were kind of miserable for me. <laughs> um, and now I know how to say no and I know how to pick the work I should be working on. Right. Yeah, okay. Are you having fun, Brian? Yeah, this is much better than I thought. <laughs> you also we'll refilled see. your wine glass, so this could get real interesting. We'll see how it goes during editing. You'll let me know if it's Oh, I'm right. not editing any of this. I told you I was going to edit it, but I'm not. Uh, by the way, I have a podcast that I've been writing in my head along with Brian's input about how we have way higher expectations for our teachers than we do for coaches. You're a coach. You coach travel baseball and you coach basketball and everything. We're not going to get into that now, but that's an episode I'm going to do because it has been building and mounting in me for a long time. That could be a fun one. I think that one resonates a lot, especially like you said, for me coaching and and seeing other coaches and how they interact with the kids and the parents. And I I might, we'll see how this goes, but I might be willing to participate on that. Oh, I mean, I get all kinds of worked up with the types of coaches I see. You are, like, a phenomenal role model for children. You would be an amazing teacher. Holy cow, you'd be an amazing teacher. But, um, oh, I get all kinds of work up at the types of uh, people I see out coaching our young youth. That'll be a future episode. Okay. Classroom... Oh, no, no, no. We're not, I'm going to do all the teaching ones. I'm gonna, oh, by the way, I did get a lot of questions about teaching, and I'm going to do that in a part two episode a little later and answer all your teaching questions because no offense, Brian, but you don't really know much about teaching. Um, oh, this is a good question. Carrie, how do you deal with feeling overwhelmed? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. I know how I internally deal with it. Maybe I should go first on this one, and then you put in your two cents. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, because, I mean, everyone feels overwhelmed. Everyone on this earth feels overwhelmed. And if you say you don't, you're lying, or you're, I don't know, a miracle person. But um, I've had a lot of things in my life, by the way, that have caused, rightfully so, caused me to feel overwhelmed. Just, for example, the death of both my brothers within a close time of each other, right? Mm -hmm. 
I would say how I feel deal with being overwhelmed is I feel like I've gotten really good at being able to identify that I'm feeling overwhelmed. I feel like half the battle of feeling overwhelmed is being like, I'm feeling the emotion of being overwhelmed. Uh, sometimes I used to freak out and not even like yell, but I mean, I would definitely just probably take it out on you because I love you the most of anyone um, or my kids. But I think, gosh, I feel like a broken record here, but I feel like I've gotten so good at just telling people when I feel overwhelmed. Like I have really good friends and people that I've chosen to be in my life and I know who I can trust that I can call. I'm feeling overwhelmed and freaking out or I'm doubting this or I'm feeling insecure. And I, those people love me so much that they know how to like talk me back to a place of, of calm. Yeah, I think if the, if the question is how you deal with it and how you've been able to overcome that feeling of overwhelmed, absolutely. You said it earlier, but it's, it's learning how to ask for help, to tell people that you're overwhelmed, that you need help, and you have a great friend group. You're a good friend yourself, and so people are happy to reciprocate. Um, but leaning on those friends and asking them for help and, and getting that support definitely has, is what gets you through, through those times of, of trial and, and being overwhelmed. I feel like you even have gotten better at that. Like if you're having a really tough day or something, like you'll call me up and be like, hey, I'm kind of feeling overwhelmed. Let's just talk through these things. And we usually try to like talk through... How can I help you? And Well, and, and just to relate everything back to the classroom and the teachers, I mean, it's a life skill that I, I know I certainly didn't learn uh, as, a, as a young guy. Um, and I think that a lot of other people don't either. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's kids out there that have wonderful parents that, that are, are really well-balanced emotionally and know how to, how to deal with hard times and know how to ask for that help when they, when they are overwhelmed. But... I would say probably a, at least a majority, if not a vast majority of kids don't learn that skill at home or at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got to figure it out for themselves. And then unfortunately, they, a lot of them don't. Um, and that you know, all, can lead to all kinds of problems down, down the road. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, I, I think you've, you've definitely mastered that. And I've, I think me watching you go through some of the hard times over the last several years, Certainly, I've realized the power of, of good friends and, and the power of a good community and how they can really build you up and how they can support you and, and the value that comes of, of asking your friends for help because uh, they'll do it. And, you know, when, you, when you're willing to do that for them, yes. they're going to bring it back to you, you know, tenfold. Yeah. When you actually really do care about people and you show it in, the da- in your daily life and you do little things for other people, man... The times we've gone through hard times, we've gotten that back a gazillion fold. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's almost sure. overwhelming, like, how much people have loved on us. But then if the, if the question's asking, how do you freak out? Oh. You know, what is it you do? <laughs> okay, what do they, I do? Do they want to know that you have these hard times and you experience them and that you do feel overwhelmed? Because maybe your persona is that you that you don't have these feelings of anxiety and overwhelming. And, and, and certainly, certainly you do. We all do. Um, but yeah, I would say you know you you get uh, when you're when you're overwhelmed and anxious and, and worked up about things, it's a, you're you're like a taskmaster, and <laughs> you'll go on cleaning sprees and you're do this do that. We've got these twenty things and you're firing off the list at us, and that's when it's time to just you just gotta you gotta follow orders. 
and, and try to stay calm and don't take it personally. Oh, you don't take it personally. You can't take it personally. Okay, you're right. That's what I do. I can do a lot of worse things. Don't you think? Well, the, the listeners may want to know that you, in fact, do feel overwhelmed at sometimes. I do. Oh, I mean, I'm a human being. Thinking of, speaking of being overwhelmed, someone asked me about morning routines and, like, getting out of the house. And I have to say, now I don't have to get out of the house. Um, I think some of our biggest arguments in our marriage have been about getting out of the house in the morning. Let's talk about the fact that getting out of the house with a baby and, like, a toddler was awful sometimes. But I think we did a pretty good job when we were living downtown Chicago and Emily was a little baby and Jacob was going to, you know, they were both going to daycare or one was going to school with me. Um, I think it went all the way back to like preparing and communicating. So here's the deal. You're not a morning person. Not at all. I am. More now than I used to be. Yeah, didn't used to be. But your strength is at night. When I am a zombie person at like 8.30 and all I want to do is watch Bachelor in Paradise and talk to no one. <laughs> so I would say with the morning routine is especially if you're, you know, in a relationship with someone or you're married or whatever and you have children. First of all, children need the routine, right? And so I think getting our kids involved in the routine, when we have our kids involved in the routine, even when they were little tiny little kids, having Jacob set out his backpack and shoes and his clothes getting them more involved when we had them involved was when we were the happiest. Yeah, for sure. And they, and they fight it. They fight the routines, but when you see them get into it and, and they're, and they're used to it after a couple of weeks, you can really tell they thrive on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this person mentioned that they commute really a long time to work. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I had, I used to have a really long commute. I think sometimes people like think things make them happy. Because maybe it's what's supposed to make them happy and it doesn't. Actually ask yourself, what makes you happy in the car? Like listening to this podcast, I hope that's what some people do and it makes them happy. Listening to music that pumps you up. Or I had one person tell me they just like to really literally listen, sit in silence in their commute. Um, But I think that, I don't know. I mean, filling that time in the morning after the rush, rush, rush of everybody getting out of the house and then maybe you have a half an hour in the car... What actually makes you happy? I'm figuring that out. You and I both have short commutes now, but we used to, you used to drive to the suburbs of Chicago, and that was a nightmare from downtown. Yeah, that was a long time ago, but yeah, driving from downtown to the suburbs, often an hour and a half or more. Yeah. It was awful. You listened to a lot of sports radio, though. Did that make you happy? Sports radio, yeah, it was good for oh, the first wow. 45 minutes. <laughs> Okay, overall, though, if you're listening to this... Okay, so our kids are going into third and sixth grade. They're easy-peasy now, right? They've been so easy the last few years. I would say that part of that is that because I was a teacher and I knew what I did not want our kids to become. (laughs) So we taught them everything to avoid them becoming the kids that were hard to have in class. I think the first five years of raising children is exhausting and confusing and it's hard on your relationship and it's like it's tough but then you get past that and they become these little people and now we're just like it's fun yeah the first five years are definitely the hardest and and now it's maybe it's more time consuming and we're always on the go driving them here to there and doing things with them but that's that's fun and it's entertaining it's It's not not hard it's not hard at all someone looked at my schedule once 
for like a weekend and they were like oh my gosh seriously because our kids they're kind of they're like achievers and busy bodies like us they like to be out and active and playing two sports at a time and whatever like oh my gosh I think this was a person that didn't have kids yet and I was like I literally there's nothing else I want to do than to be at all these activities this weekend yeah because our kids are going to be gone before we know it I love it. It's gonna be. It'll be memories that they have for a lifetime. So, so to watch them make those memories is is great. Because when you're an old guy like me, you don't play sports anymore. I wish <laughs> well, I. You I try. wish I. I wish I could play two sports right now. <laughs> I think too for Brian and I. I mean, we both came. Were raised in single parent homes and not with a lot, and definitely not with the opportunities our children are getting. And so, I think for you and I, we really are so grateful that they get to live. And experience these things. So. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, Brian, where are we going next month? We're going to Ireland. We're going to We're Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. How crazy is that? It's going to be fun. We're going to Dublin, you guys, because I get to go speak at an education forum there. Um, and my topic is the disconnect between ed tech companies and teachers. So I'm going to talk about how we can get teachers' voices and opinions and buy-in to the products that are coming into school districts. So I'm super excited about that. And I'm really proud because I think Jacob and Emily have watched me build E2E and they are super supportive of me, which is super cute, don't you think? Very cute, yep. Like when we do the conferences, they'll come in, what number are you at now, mom? How many people have registered? <laughs> um, but I'm pretty proud, going back to like one of the things I'm proud of, I'm proud that they get to see that I took a huge risk and I worked super hard and that work and focus is going to allow us to go to Dublin, Ireland next mm -hmm. month and they get to experience something that's a dream for many people. So, um, Okay, Brian, two more things. I think this is, we're on three of three now, right? I don't know. I've lost count. This has been so joyful. Okay, three more questions for you. One, if you could say my biggest accomplishment in all of this, in the two years, what would you pick as the biggest accomplishment? Who submitted that question? I don't, you know. Oh, Don P. I wrote it down. Don P. asked that. Oh, we have four questions. We'll make them fast. Okay, I'm going to give you two. Um, and the first one is the, the podcast. I think the... I think the podcast is just fantastic. I love listening to it. Aww. I love all the topics, and I think it's it's entertaining. It's informative. Uh, it's it's a, it's a good length. It's easy to listen to, um, and it's engaging for someone someone like me who's not in education. But um, I'm sure that it's engaged, and I'm sure that it's engaging for uh, teachers in the classroom of all uh, of all experience levels and age age range. Uh, age ranges in the classroom but I think the podcast is really fantastic and I'm really proud of you for, for getting that set up and getting it up and running and then the second thing is I would say the, the teacher community that you've built out I mean you've touched a lot of teachers and, and people probably don't know how much of a giver you are and how much it touches your heart to to help others and to help them have success and help them deal with their problems and their challenges uh but that's that's one thing that makes you tick Aww. and i think by you creating this community that's given educators access 
to those resources, to the, the development, the presentation, to be able to ask questions of experts, you put experts in front of them. I mean, I think that's a really, really positive thing that you're doing for them. And you're doing it from a place of, of, of helping people, a genuine place of helping the teachers improve themselves. And not just from a curriculum standpoint, but from how do you help kids with all their social and emotional and at-home problems, uh, and how do you help the, the teachers themselves take care of themselves in the right way? And I think that's, uh, that's a really wonderful thing that you've created. It's really nice for you to say that. Actually, my next question was going to be, what do you think that people don't get to see about my heart and why I created this? Because... I can't get on this podcast or go to every conference and really talk about that, but you just kind of already answered that. And I think that one thing that's hard for me is, especially in this kind of teacher entrepreneur world right now, everyone, not everyone, but there's a lot of people out there that are trying to make a business or a side hustle for themselves or in, and everyone's heart is in the right place for sure. I think, well, not everyone. I'm sure there's people out there that, that aren't. I think that one of one of the things that I am like super proud of is like I have not asked for a dollar from teachers really until I launched this membership site. Right. Like for two years, I really did do all of these consulting jobs to make money so that I could put these things on. And I don't talk about that a lot. But I did not want to put my hand out and say, hey, pay for anything until I had built something that I really, really, really believed in. And now this membership site, I'm just so proud. Like even on the Facebook group we launched, people are just interacting and supporting each other already. Um, so thanks for bringing that up without me having to bring it up. Because I do think that like my heart really is in the right place. And I hope that I can continue to grow so that I can stay working for E2E and continue to build these opportunities. Because I do actually care a ton about the well-being of the teachers in our country. Yeah, and it's interesting. We talked earlier about the evolution and all your creative ideas. I mean, this, um, I think early on you had the idea to create a community, um, but it wasn't your main focus at first. Um, you know, you had your podcast, you had your consulting, you were looking at some things with the schools and over time you developed, you developed that idea and decided that was going to be one of your main focuses. And I'd say what over probably the last 12 months, maybe you, yeah, You've really been focusing on building that community, and I think what you're, what you've built is really, truly remarkable. You know what's interesting is when a lot of people give entrepreneurs the advice like get focused right away, don't get distracted, da da da. Right? Mm -hmm. I am so glad that I spent the first year actually being super open. I did. I said I did school consulting, company consulting. I helped a company write the an RFP for Chicago public schools, huge deal. Like I did all these things. Plus I did the podcast. Plus I did teacher summer reboot. Like I was doing a lot of really cool things. Had I not done all those things, I don't think I would have landed where I am right now, where I, I am, could not be more focused, but I couldn't have done that if I had said no to everything. Right, I got scared or got scared. Right. Cause I do get spooked. Right. For sure. For sure you do. And that, that advice is key for someone who's trying to build a company from the ground up whose goal is to one to two years I want to be able to present something to a group of investors and they're going to give me a bunch of money and then I'm going to go and I'm going to increase sales by 200 percent and then I'm going to go for another round of funding and then you know six seven years down the road maybe I take this company public but that's 
that was never really your goal or your objective. So, you know, while the advice I think is is sound, in to a lot of in a lot of ways, it it didn't really work for you, and it wasn't really no. what you were about. And your your goal wasn't to build uh, this company and go get some investors and, and increase it from a sales perspective the way most entrepreneurs work. Yeah, yours was more about I want to do something that is fulfilling for me. And your goal was to do something that's fulfilling for you to to build your spirit and allow you the flexibility to be at home with our kids. And you've you've accomplished that through through building out this this teacher community. Yeah. And it's, I mean, speaking of me being a morning person and you not being a morning person, there are definitely times, especially on a Saturday morning, where I will get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? And... (laughs) pour yourself another glass of wine get that away from that microphone hey save some of that for me over here but uh so so Brian there are times definitely where I'll get up at like five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning and you'll sleep and you'll sleep till 9 30 or something so I'll have been up for like four hours (laughs) (laughs) and I'll literally it's almost like I'm sitting there watching you for your eyes to open so I could be like (laughs) second your eyes open is it too early to talk to you? I have like 14 things on my mind. I really need to talk to someone about blah, 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 blah. So I definitely have had moments of doubt. I wanted to quit this podcast. Remember back in the teens? I was about, like, no. About four times. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so much. My podcast is by far the thing that takes the most work for me. I mean, besides the conferences, but podcasts are a lot of work. And I was like, it's not worth my time. I make zero money from this. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, nope. It's so good. You better keep doing this. You were helping people. And that's when I think you helped me flip the switch of if I'm helping one person per episode, I should keep doing it. And so I don't, I think, tell me if I'm wrong. I think from the day I started working on the podcast, I have known and I still know that we, meaning you involved as my partner in crime in life, but all the people I collaborate with, like, we are building something huge here. And I have never lost doubt that I was going to build something that was going to have a ripple effect in, like, the teacher nation. Like, I never doubted that. I think I've held strong to that belief in my heart. I have doubted the path and the forks in the road and the access and the looking back. That's where I've doubted, but I never doubted that something big was going to happen. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. So I still don't doubt it. And the second I do start doubting it, that's when maybe it's time to stop or change directions. Who knows? But I hope that day doesn't come anytime soon. That's when I'll kick in and keep you going. Oh, I love you. Okay. Where do you see E2E in five years? Where do you see me? What do you see happening to this? Oh, you just squinted? This is a tough one. That is a tough one. Because I think... Kind of an add-on answer to the last question is I think one thing, one of the things that that people don't necessarily realize about you is that you have a multitude of talents and you're very creative and you will, you'll latch onto one of your talents and use your creativity to do something great with it. And then you move on to something else and you find another talent that you want to, that you want to expose and you, and you, you'll focus on that for a while. And I think that has 
crept into how you've built E2E from day one. And again, it gets back to how you've bounced around from idea to idea, but you've gotten good at, at focusing. Mm-hmm. So I would say whatever my prediction of E2E in the next five years is probably going to be wrong because there's probably a hundred ideas that you're going to come up with. <laughs> and who knows which one you're going to put the effort towards and which one you're going to prioritize. Um, but I think in five years for sure E2E is going to be going strong. And I think that at the core, you'll be helping tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of teachers, helping them improve their lives, improve their classrooms, and in turn, touching countless students across the country. My sister-in-law Ashley said to me after the New Year Reboot Conference, Carrie, do you realize that the amount of teachers that came to your virtual conference is the same population of the town of Paxton, which is where Brian grew up? She's like, you brought our entire town together for a conference. (laughs) Ashley, do me a favor. I need you every time that I have a benchmark like this to do that, what you just did for me. It's hard for me to say, yeah, I did a good job because I'm like, okay, what are we going to do next? How's this going to be better? How's it going to be bigger? And when she said that to me, I was like, oh my gosh. So then for the summer conference, I text her, hey, there were 11,596 teachers that signed up. What town is that? And she found some town. I don't remember That's the whole county where I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the other thing that really has hit me lately is someone said to me, oh, I wish I could remember who it was now. Carrie, I know you keep saying 11,596 teachers, but have you thought about those teachers going back to their schools and teaching their fellow teachers something? And then have you thought about all those kids that you have impacted And when she said that to me, she goes, do the math, start thinking about it. When she said that to me, I actually can't even go there. It makes me super emotional because I haven't ever gone there. I've always only thought about the teachers because I'm so passionate about teachers and their growth that I haven't even thought about the kids. If one teacher walks into the classroom when they're overwhelmed with life, and if you've, through your podcast or your community, or the self-care conference, if they've learned a skill that helps them develop and be better prepared to handle that adversity, then they walk into that classroom and they're a better teacher. Yeah. And what's, what, what I always think is amazing about the, the teachers of our students is that when they walk into the classroom, whatever life burdens they bring with them, there's a very good chance that that is going to impact how they educate the students on that yes. day and how yeah. they connect with them, how they help them. And that's a challenge that I don't think a lot of people realize so much because I go to work and if I'm carrying a burden on my shoulders, okay, maybe I don't count the beans as well that day. Um, <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. But if I'm in front of a classroom of 30 students and I'm carrying a burden and I'm not at my best or maybe not even close to my best that day well that's a day of learning that or support that those students don't get from me Um, so I think that's profound and if you're helping teachers in that way then um, then then you're having a significant impact yeah and that's definitely my number one passion in all of this is the mental health and well-being of teachers and because it's important to me and I think I've worked really hard on my own mental health and you know and I think that I've learned a lot. I don't know it all, but I'm wise, and I've hopefully passed on a few nuggets of information. So, um, Brian, 
thanks for sitting down with us today. I think I am going to bring you back for the coaches thing because, man, it gets under my skin, as you know. Yeah, we might even be able to bring in a whole panel <sighs> to have that discussion. That could get kind of heated. Although I think most, I, <laughs> I don't mean to sound egotistical, but I think most people are going to agree with me. I think so. I think especially this audience, although there are a lot of parents I found out that listen to this podcast. Is that right? I meet people, especially in our town, that'll be like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I get so much from it as a parent, which is kind of cool. Um, so I, this is a 45-minute episode. I haven't done an episode this long in a while. We'll edit a little, but not much. Oh, my gosh, I forgot to record. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did record this. So this is one of my longer ones, but I know people are going to listen to it. Um, I'm going to do a part two of this probably next month where I answer a lot of your teaching questions. I was really excited. A lot of people did send me questions about teaching because sometimes I think people think of me as this like business person or this person that's an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I also taught for 10 years. So I do know some things about teaching. And so I'm excited. I'm so grateful that so many people sent me podcasts about teaching. So I will, um, I will answer those in a future episode. E2E is two years old. So glad I took Happy this leap of faith. Me. I'm glad I took this leap of faith. Are you? Me too. Very glad. Yeah. For our life. It's been good for you. It's been lives. good for us, for sure. Yeah. And for the lives of all these teacher friends I've made and all the kiddos out there. So, Brian, cheers. Well, hey, cheers. To another. See you at the five-year reunion. We'll see you at the five-year. Best of luck. Love you. Love you. <laughs>